0: Hello and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, my name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. In this episode, we're going to be diving into the topic of ketogenic diets or keto diets. We'll cover what they are, how they work with weight loss from an endocrinology perspective, and of course, what to be careful about if you choose to try it. I'm sure everyone has heard the term ketogenic diet or keto diet at some point, but what does this actually mean? The keto diet, is a low-carb, moderate-protein, and high-fat diet. Specifically, in a 2,000 kilocalories-per-day diet, carbohydrates would only amount to about 20-50 to grams per day. This diet, which is designed to mimic the biochemical changes associated with fasting, claims to help you lose weight and have benefits against diabetes, cancer, epilepsy, and Alzheimer's disease. A ketogenic diet involves drastically reducing carbohydrate intake and replacing it with fat. Carbohydrates are the primary source of energy production in body tissues. When the body is deprived of carbohydrates due to reducing intake to less than 50 grams per day, insulin secretion is significantly reduced and the body enters a catabolic state. In this state, glycogen stores deplete, forcing the body to go through certain metabolic changes. Two metabolic processes come into action when there is a low carbohydrate availability in body tissues. These are gluconeogenesis and ketogenesis. Gluconeogenesis refers to the endogenous production of glucose in the body, especially in the liver primarily from lactic acid, glycerol and amino acids alanine and glutamine, When glucose availability drops further, the endogenous production of glucose is not able to keep up with the needs of the body and ketogenesis begins in order to provide an alternative source of energy in the form of ketone bodies. Ketone bodies replace glucose as a primary source of energy. During ketogenesis, due to low blood glucose feedback, stimulus for insulin secretion is also low, which sharply reduces the stimulus for fat and glucose storage, resulting in weight loss. Other hormonal changes may contribute to the increased breakdown of fat that results in fatty acids. Fatty acids are metabolised to acetoacetate, which is later converted to beta-hydroxybutyrate and acetone. Basically, these are just ketone bodies that accumulate in the body as a ketogenic diet is sustained. This metabolic state is referred to as nutritional ketosis. As long as the body is deprived of carbohydrates, metabolism remains in this ketotic state. The nutritional ketosis state is considered quite safe, as ketone bodies are produced in small concentrations, without any alterations in blood pH. It greatly differs from ketoacidosis, a life-threatening condition where ketone bodies are produced in extremely large concentrations, altering blood pH to acidotic state. Ketone bodies that are synthesised can be easily utilised for energy production by heart, muscle tissue and the kidneys. Ketone bodies can also cross the blood-brain barrier to provide an alternative source of energy to the brain. Red blood cells and liver do not utilise ketones due to lack of mitochondria and enzyme diapherase, respectively. So what type of ketogenic diet is good for you? There are many variations of the keto diet which have been published in medical literature as effective treatments for diseases that have an underlying metabolic dysregulation such as epilepsy cancer and alzheimer's the original keto diet was designed in 1923 by dr russell wilder at the mayo clinic for the treatment of epilepsy all keto diets are a variation of the classical keto diet which is the most strict seen by its ratio of fat protein and carbs Classic Keto carries a 4 to 1 ratio, which means that there are 4 parts of fat for every one part protein and carb. Ketogenic diet carries risks that you should be aware of. These include, but are not limited to, the Keto Flu, Kidney Problems, Digestive Problems and Nutrient Deficiencies. Let's talk about Keto Flu. As your body depletes its carb stores and switches to using ketones and fat for fuel at the start of this eating pattern, you may experience flu-like symptoms. These include headaches, dizziness, fatigue, nausea, and constipation, due in part to dehydration and electrolyte imbalances that happen as your body adjusts to ketosis. While most people who experience the keto flu feel better within a few weeks, it's important to monitor these symptoms throughout the diet, stay hydrated, and eat foods rich in sodium, potassium, and other electrolytes and it goes without saying to not push yourself too much. Remember, diets don't work for everyone and at the end of the day your health is the most important thing. High fat animal foods such as eggs, meat and cheese are staples of the diet because they don't contain carbs. If you eat a lot of these foods you may have a higher risk of forming kidney stones. That's because a high intake of animal foods can cause your blood and urine to become more acidic leading to increased excretion of calcium in your urine. Also, since the keto diet restricts carbs, it can be difficult to meet your daily fibre needs. Some of the richest sources of fibre, such as high-carb fruits, starchy vegetables, whole grains and beans, are eliminated on this diet because they provide too many carbs. As a result, the keto diet can lead to digestive discomfort and constipation. Finally, about nutrient deficiency. Since the keto diet restricts several foods, especially nutrient-dense fruits, whole grains, and legumes, it may fail to provide recommended amounts of vitamins and minerals. In particular, some studies suggest that keto diet doesn't provide enough calcium, vitamin D, magnesium, and phosphorus. A study that evaluated the nutrient composition of common diets revealed that very low-carb eating patterns like Atkins, which is similar to a keto diet, provided sufficient amounts for only 12 of the 27 vitamins and minerals your body needs to obtain from food. Over time, this may lead to nutrient deficiency and various side effects. Nutritionists can help figure out both the short and long-term options best suited for you and your lifestyle. So we've covered a lot about keto diets in this episode. I want to finish by saying that it is important to keep in mind that just because a diet works for someone else doesn't mean it will work for you. We're all different and our bodies react differently to different things and it's extremely important to be careful not to slip into eating disorder territory with diets and not every person requires a diet so if you have doubts it's advisable to talk to a healthcare professional first. Having said all this, the keto diet is definitely an interesting topic and it has worked for many people and there's growing interest in using this for people with type 2 diabetes as it would drastically cut down their blood glucose levels. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you did, make sure to give us a follow and share with your friends and follow us on our social media to keep up to date with everything. As always, we're very grateful for the support we're receiving. And before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Jasmine Longboriboon, one of her event coordinators, who was involved in the making of this episode. Stay safe and happy, this is Hepsi Xavier signing off. Disclaimer Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society is a student led organisation and the content provided through Endopod is solely for informative purposes. This does not replace advice of a doctor or any other healthcare professionals. The medical students involved in the making of this episode are in the third year of their medical studies. All the information provided was researched on appropriate resources. To see them, please check the episode description. Thank you for listening.